Welcome to coffeeis.me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hello, coffee friends. I am Valerian Rala, and this is Coffees.me podcast, where existing and future coffee entrepreneurs share their wisdom. This is a sad day. Only spring weather might ease it a little bit. Why? Because this is the last episode with Stephen Layden, the dude behind the epic has been coffee. If you enjoyed the previous two episodes, you will love this one. By the way, if you subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, make sure you listen to the first episode with Steve. That would be episode number 24. Because for whatever reason, that episode was not pushed out to the iTunes when I published it. Thank you, SoundCloud. In this episode, Steve will going to answer your questions you ask via our Facebook group coffeeis.me. If you want to ask questions from an upcoming guest or other members of the group, Feel free to join Coffees.me Facebook group. The easiest way to do so is go to Coffees.me website and the upper menu you find a link to the community. Apply and I will approve you. Speaking of the Facebook group, recently I launched a topic thread about CoffeeCourses.com. I'm curious whether you consider purchasing it and if so, what is stopping you? Feel free to be totally open. I really want to know your opinion. My goal is to learn and not collect compliments. Those you can save for coffees.me reviews on iTunes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your thoughts. They are extremely valuable for us because they enable us to build the best online courses out there. Thank you again if you shared or if you are considering sharing your thoughts. So without further ado, Steve is going to answer your questions in the episode 26. Okay, Steve. I know you do it better. Sorry. <laughs> we have responsibility because we have listeners who ask questions uh, on our Facebook group, coffees.me. I saw. Yeah. Shall we, sh- shall we do that? Sure. Go for it. Yeah. And that would be awesome. No worries. Because those are awesome listeners, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so a listener, Ken O'Day, is asking, there has been online roast prof- uh, guide, link below, describes three different roast profiles and advocates for straight and true profile. From what I understand of Scott Rowell's recommend profile, which involves a constant decreasing rate of rise, your approach seems at odds. I would like to know more about the straight and true profile and how to achieve by controlling gas and airflow. Thanks. Honestly, this is hilarious. Like This, this is hilarious because I am not joking. I was, I was in El Salvador last week and I was talking to somebody about this video and like, we ended up pulling this up and watching it in, a, in El Salvador. Because, and, and, and I, the straight and true thing actually came up and it was like, I think, I think I say something like it's the best of both worlds or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the person who, uh, who, who was questioning me about it said like, the best of both worlds, so that's, that's your preferred method. I was like, no, no, not at all. Like, it, because there's compromise all over with that one. You know, you're either compromising body or you're compromising sweetness. Um, so the first part of this video, it is not aimed at the industry. 
it is aimed as a very basic introduction to the home consumer of what roasting is. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's simplified to heck. You know, it really is simplified. The, the, the straight and true one is not my preferred method of roasting at all. In fact, the one I probably use the least because normally I'm trying to accentuate some kind of acidity or some kind of sweetness or bring out body. I'm not looking for a mishmash of, of in-between flavours. Um, the Scott Rowe book, like, listen, I'm going to take my hat off to Scott because he is a much cleverer man than I am ever. Like, he's a very, very clever guy. Um, and I like all of his books. I, I've read them all cover to cover. Um, I disagree with every single one of them. Uh, I have a different philosophy to espresso, I have a different philosophy to brewing, and I have a different philosophy to roasting. And that's the beauty of coffee that we can all have exactly. very, very different views. Um, I let my uh, palate and my cupping table um, be the judge of whether we're doing a good job or not. Um, and uh, Scott's great. Respect him immensely. Uh, he would beat me up in any argument, uh, verbally or physically, I'm sure. Um, but, um, no, I... I I I am going to go back to that video. Who was the, 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 the listener's name? Uh, Ken O'Day. Ken, I'm going back to that video in the next couple of weeks and I'm going to actually change some of the audio and the way I present the information. The information is still correct that's there, but I'm actually going to do a different audio track over the top because you're right. It's not right. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I totally got it that it's for the consumer. It's not for somebody who wants to start a roasting business, right? No, no, but the misinterpretation is definitely there. I yeah. actually say words and I don't mean what I'm saying. I'm actually trying to get something else across, but I can understand how it could be misinterpreted. And Ken, you, you are you are exactly right. And this is the second time it's come up in a week. And that video is one of the least watched videos I've ever done. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's funny, very funny. Yeah, you know, um, I have comment on that because I get a lot of times uh, the, the, the Scott Rowe's uh, recommendation to roast. I mean, if you read that book, Scott Rowe always writes that this is how it is. And I also love Scott Rowe, by the way. There is like uh, every everything but espresso. It's my probably favorite book, you know, uh, out there. Not the roasting one though. Um, I think that there's a lot of roasting theories out there. As a roaster, you should know them. You should get familiar with them, and you should try them out. And I agree with you. You should your cupping table or your customers should be the judge if you do a good job or bad job. I mean, it's like with everything, you have to be part of your product. There's no there's no magic bullet with roasting coffee. There's no like a profile which you use and it will be awesome for everything, right? Yeah. So, you know, as a roaster, you have to have your own way. And the only way to find your own way is that you, you know, learn the other ways and experiment and find, you know, just find out right amen brother yeah <laughs> yeah so no, i agree i agree it's like that you know listen everybody has an opinion um some people can uh, articulate them into books i wish i could um maybe maybe my book would would get some traction and some other people would use my book in an argument against them but um you know like i i, I just have to do i just do what i do um, and I, I listen to, and you know, there's certain things we've got, I've kind of taken from the book and there's certain things that I haven't. Um, and I'd say there's a lot more I haven't taken away than I have. And um, that doesn't mean to say it's a bad book at all. I think it's a very good book. Uh, and I was, I was actually just pleased somebody had written a book on roasting. Exactly. Um, yeah. And we sell a heap of them. So like we, we make money lots of the times from selling those books. So we're, we're very grateful for him writing that book because it's made me some money. 
<laughs> no, I'm, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's that's my point was more that people are looking for easy solutions. And, you know, we have these online courses and I always get people sending me like, send me the profiles. I was like, I can send you the profile, but it might look different on your roster because you're using a different, you know, combination of airflow, different kind of heat. It might, you might use a different It could coffee. be raining outside or it could be slightly colder in your roastery. Exactly. There's so many, so many things. Like, um, have you read the book from Rob Hoos? Uh, a Manifesto of Roasting, I think it's called. No. It's a, a self-published book. And I, I went to the Nordic Roasters Forum this year and Rob was one of the speakers there. And I disagreed with so much of what he said. But I actually, I, I, I bought the book because I thought, do you know what, I'm going to take a look at it. And again, if you take bits out of that book and you take bits out of uh, Scott Rowe's book and then you take bits out of your experience and you take bits from talking to other roasters and take bits out of, out of your courses and, you know, Bill and Boots courses and all of those things you will become a better roaster. Yeah. Yeah. Because you take the bits that you want and throw away the bits you don't need. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it, you cannot be prescriptive with coffee roasting because there are so many mi mixed variables that can change. Um, you will never, ever, ever be able to write a definitive book of this is right because nothing is right. Um, it's right for a certain person or a certain moment of time or a certain customer or whatever, you know, it's, there's no such thing as right. And that's the right way because otherwise everybody will do the same job. Everybody will roast the same coffee and it will be so boring. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Next question. Good question, Ken. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so next question is from Michel Broad. He's a, a great guy, a listener. He's a former chef. Okay. And he's a roaster now. And he lives in... I know him. Oh, you do? Yeah, he lives just outside Stockholm and we went for beers a few weeks back. So, uh, yeah. Oh, cool. I've never met him in person, but he's helping uh, us out with notes for the for the uh, future episode. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. No, you know, great, great guy. Very, he competed in the Swedish Roasting Championships as well this year. I was very proud of him doing that. He's, uh, yeah, very brave because he really is just at the very beginning of his uh, his career. And, uh, yeah, no, really, really lovely guy. No, I think we're going to hear about him because for me, the fact that he was a chef, you know, my theory, and I'm, I'm sorry if I offend someone, but if you want to be a good roaster, you have to know how to cook. You should be a home cook at least, and you should be a gardener. That's my theory if you want to be a good roaster. So you understand how the coffee grows, what's happening, because it's a, it's a you know, it's an agricultural product. And if you cook, you think you have, you're more likely to think about flavors and how these, you know, heat and, and cooking colorates. So Akka, you can roast very well. That's my theory. I agree with the cooking part. I disagree with the gardening part. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Um, for me, like too many coffee roasters think that they're a gardener. So they think they know better than the farmer knows on how to grow coffee. I, I kind of go to Origin and I'll talk to a producer. Oh, well, I had such and such here last week and he told me I should do this. And I was like, how many farms does he own then? And they go, uh, none. How many farms do you own and how many generations have owned the farms? Uh, a lot. Like, Can you just do what you're doing? And Because if you come to my roastery and start standing on my shoulder going, well, you need to do that a little bit longer. I think you need to drag out first crack a little bit there. I'm going to get quite annoyed at you. So if I come to your farm and tell you how to start growing your coffee, you're allowed to be annoyed at me. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you are a gardener, you know... What does it mean to garden, to grow? You will never go to a farmer and tell him what to do. Oh, so, but, but then so many do because a little bit of knowledge is a very dangerous. But that's not a gardener. 
that's somebody who read something and trying to and he thinks that knows more than uh, the farmer. If you are a gardener, you know how much work it is, you know, to uh, grow something. And uh, I'm just trying to defend myself because I'm terrible in the garden. I kill plants. I'm actually st- I'm sitting next to <laughs> Boris at the moment, and he's my forty year old coffee tree. Um, that he really doesn't look happy. He looks really quite sad. His leaves keep falling off, and uh, yeah, and he's never flowered in the five years I've had him. So um, yeah. I'm not a good gardener. I'll send you my pictures of my plants. I have some <laughs> great geishas. You know, this is a funny story. Uh, at SCA uh, in uh, Seattle, mm-hmm. I we had the, the I was working with a boot and his boot promoting the courses, and we also promoted a course which we had a live course in uh, uh, Newland Organics, which is a coffee farm in California. Okay. Okay. So, and the way how we promoted it is uh, they gave us like uh, coffee cherries and people could taste them wow yeah that's pretty cool you know in seattle taste the coffee cherry that's one of the uh big goals of every roaster or every coffee guy to taste the coffee cherry so, I, I, I could still remember the first time i did that like it was a massive moment for me and i had to travel all the way to nicaragua the fact that you could try that you know you know in seattle is fantastic fantastic so what i did you know i gave them the coffee cherry to taste and it was a geisha from their farm so they tasted it and i always asked to spit out the seed you know, I had a little cup and they spit it out. So I took those seeds home with the spits and everything. I cleaned them and I very nicely planted them, germinated them. And now I have plants from them. Fantastic. Good so, work. So this means by gardening, like I love plants so much that, you know, I take the people's spits, you know, like well, <laughs> two, three hundred people's spits and I will take the gem, you know, the, the seed and I will make sure that it will become a... I remember, I, 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 a little another side story. I went with the producer who, uh, to another producer's farm and um, they've got a very unusual varietal i'm not going to say the varietal because i might end up blowing people's covers but he was actually storing seeds in his cheek to steal to take back to his farm when i got back to his car i was furious at him i was like what are you doing i bring you to a friend's and you steal his cherries and seeds but he just couldn't get any of these seeds for this particular varietal and uh, yeah uh, i'm not looking forward to the first harvest because i know that they were stored in his cheek for at least 45 minutes so every coffee I have from it will just remind me of his cheek. <laughs> you know, that's totally true. I remember people who didn't want to spit it out. Yeah. They yeah, said, yeah. I'll swallow it. You know, he said, I'll swallow it. <laughs> in his mouth. I was like, all right, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, it's, it's if, if, if you want to build your uh, farm from two seeds, well, that would take you, you know, like maybe 30, 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would take you a fair bit of what would be a life's work anyway. All right, this was fun, but let's go back to uh, Michel. <laughs> so he's asking, we have a new flavor wheel. There are new varietals being developed. There are new processing methods. We are using crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, and other new ways of doing business. But what will be the next new thing and what will be uh, new in 10 years? So, Stephen, tell us the future. Okay, so let me get my crystal ball and let me see if I can look into the future. Do you know a woman... I do. Does she have hair? Uh, yeah. It must be the future then. Okay, that's, so there's a future in the woman with hair. And I, now this is like, I, I, I'm rubbish at reading the future, as you can tell there. Uh, I was I was doing my very best then to be one of those mystics that pretends to see dead people. But um, <laughs> like, I've no idea what's going to happen in the future in coffee. Like, I, I, and, and I try not to react to things too quickly. I think sometimes we react very quickly in coffee to the, the latest fad. Um, Pressure profiling is one of my favourites. Um, you know, where everybody went, oh, I need a pressure profiling machine. 
why, what does it do? I don't know, but I need it. And now we don't talk about pressure profiling anymore, thank God, because it doesn't do anything. Um, oh, actually, no, it does, but it makes the coffee taste worse. I tend to find, I, I, it's been my experience of what others have shown me. I totally um, missed this whole pressure profiling thing, so fine, I'm not yeah, getting into you, that at all. Lucky you don't. Uh, <laughs> it was a very dark and murky puddle. Um, but... Like, and this is the thing, we react very quickly. I think something like the flavour wheel is fantastic. We needed to update that because um, if you look in the beer industry or the wine industry, they've been using these flavour wheels for a long time and they've been a lot better than our one that we started off with, you know, for I don't know how many years. Um, so I think that's a really good development. Varietals, like I, I worry sometimes about varietals because they can be developed for different reasons. You know, sometimes it can be yield, pest resistance yeah. and not necessarily tasty. Um, my most important development is that I want coffee to continue to be tasty. I want it to be delicious and I want to enjoy it. And they're the things I'm looking for. Uh, and the only thing you can use to find those is the cupping table, the cupping spoon, your own palate. Um, and, and like nothing has changed in that part for me in the past, you know, kind of 15 years. Like specialty coffee has to be tasty. And it is getting tastier because we're getting better at processing. We're getting... And I shouldn't worry about processing. Just like the farmer, like I don't, I let the farmer worry about the processing. Uh, I'm happy to feed back. I'm reluctant to give advice. Um, so, you know, processing's got better. Our varietal selection is getting better. We're getting better at roasting. We're getting better at brewing. Um, and these are all great things. And they're the things that I hope that continue. Um, but, you know, who am I? I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, uh, Michael, but I really hope that um, coffee well, Michel, I know what the future brings, but I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just. <laughs> 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 All right. Sean Fitzpatrick. Uh, his uh, question is If Stephen was going to start a roastery today in the UK, how much would the budget, uh, wait, how much he budget to properly cover startup? and a first year of operation costs. What equipment would he purchase, brand and sizes, to get started? Well, we know about the equipment. It would be up and rolls, 230 grams, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, do you know what? Like, it would petrify the heck out of me, first of all, to start up a roastery today in the UK. It would absolutely scare me to death. Um, if I tell you that my first roastery, including buying the roaster and stock, was under £5,000, You'd laugh, but it really was. So, you know, again, for our US brethren, uh, you're looking about $7,000, $7,000 euro kind of-ish. Um, you know, it's nothing. And, and you know, that was buying a roaster. That was buying things for the roastery. So worktops, cupboards. Um, and today, you just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to. It would just be impossible. You'd be looking at a fifty to 100000 pound budget, I would imagine, mm -hmm. um, just to start. Um, and then you've you know you've got ongoing costs from there. So um, I was very lucky. I did it on the cheap. Uh, we made a little bit of money. We spent a little bit of money. But I wouldn't I wouldn't have a clue how to do it from cold. Um, like we've done it in three FE in Dublin uh, with Colin, but Colin looked after after all of that. I just told him what roaster I wanted, and off he went and came back with the funding from the bank to do it and stuff. So. I have no idea. Again, not my area of expertise, I'm afraid. Sorry. Yeah, Sean. Uh, I, I was lucky too. Uh, yeah. When I restarted, we started with 10,000 
dollars approximately, 8,000 euros in Slovakia. Uh, the most of the money went to buy a, um, the pellet of coffee from Mercanta, actually. Yeah. And then uh, we bought a cheap Turkish roaster, yeah. which is still running. It's guarantee. <laughs> it's not my favorite roaster. I'm not going to tell that, but it made us the first income so we can later upgrade. So yeah, you can do it. In United States, I'm starting a business. And actually today we are filing our LLC papers. Wow, this is a special episode. My wife has birthday. I have you on this podcast and we're filing LLC. It's a great day. Fantastic. So anyhow. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to bring it down. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. <laughs> Come on. It, it's a good karma. So, and I know that we are not investing in roasters because we are so lucky that we have an option here. There's a Berkeley co-roasting, which, yes. you know, it's just like uh, maybe 30 minutes drive from me and we can use the roasters and lab and everything. So we don't have to invest in that. But we're still putting up almost $20,000 to kind of, you know, deal with the packaging, deal with the, you know, uh, branding, the internet, all what you name it, you know. So you are right. It's a lot of money today. And because the competition is so strong, you have to start strong, I think. Well, no, it's it. I think I, I, I would take the same approach as I did to video. It's like, start really rubbish and then you can only get better. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that if you start rubbish, you know, uh, you might lose some customers who go like, you know, uh, oh, I tried this coffee, this is bad. Because when yeah, we no, started... No. I, when, when, when I say start rubbish, what I really mean is like rubbishy packaging. packaging okay. like the best, you know, like maybe not such a polished logo and website, but like buy some tasty coffee, roast it well. And hopefully people will come along with you. You know, like I don't think you need to spend lots on an expensive roaster or expensive packaging or, you know, fancy labels or all of those things. Cut your cloth accordingly until you make some money, then reinvest it. I agree. I agree. But on the other hand, just just a little like uh, uh, put a little devil in your head. Uh, we for a long time, we had a typical craft, you know, bag and we stamped it, hand stamped it. We upgraded the packaging uh, for now talking about green plantation, the select bees. We upgraded the packaging just recently, and it flies off the shelf. We we have just done something similar. We have in, we've uh, launched an exclusive range, which has what I would call like iPhone packaging. So you, it has a lovely sleeve around it. You open the box; it's very snug, and within it, there's a, a cardboard piece all about the farm and the producer, and then a beautifully folded over bag in the box, um, and that's flown off the shelves. You know that's been really really popular, but. When you start rubbish, it's much easier to get better. Like, like and if starting with a craft bag makes you be able to start because if you wait until you have that final finished polished project, like you may never start. You can actually spend all the time trying to get there and you don't start to make money so you can actually get there. So sometimes it's about just putting it out there and making sure the coffee is the best that it can be and just throw it out there into the market and hope that, that you can start to earn money so you can get to that point where you... I'm really proud of this box. And I'd love to say I've had something to do with it, but Dale, my uh, wholesale director, has, uh, has, it's been his project. And it's beautiful. It really is. But if we'd have tried to do that when we started, we'd have never started. Right. Yeah, yeah you are totally right. I mean, if you want to start roasting coffee, start now. And figure out if this is for you. If it is, you make, you know, hopefully a great business out of it. If not, then fail fast and change profession and do something else. Yeah. Life is short. Let's figure this out. Yeah, you are right. They should start right away if they want. Yeah. And not worry 
that it may not be as polished as it can be because you can get there. Yeah. We changed packaging after five years, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, no, I mean, that's what we did. We started with plain bags and just rubbishy labels and we bought better labels and kept the bags and then we had our own printed bags and then we changed those about three, four years ago and we're now, we're now in that next phase where it's time to do something else now. Uh, and um, we're definitely not going the way of the exclusive packaging that we've done, but, we, you know, we're ready to try and go to the next level, try and do something even better. Cool. So, yeah. All right, we have a Pavel Pav Murawski. And I hope I pronounce it properly. It's, it's a Polish uh, name. So I try to do a Polish thing here. <laughs> so he says, great, you are on fire. I guess that's for you. Oh, is it? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Pavel. <laughs> uh, Steven is now part of Swedish coffee roasting game too. I would love to hear from him. What are the differences in roasting and taste between his UK and Swedish roasts, and why? Yeah, so... Um... I went to the Nordic Roasters Forum this year as a Nordic roaster for the first time ever. I was very pleased with myself. Um, but my badge was very big because it had has been, drop coffee and 3FE on it. So it was a very big badge. Hmm. Um, how is the coffee different? Well, first of all, what I said earlier is I have no input into the coffee at drop. Um, that was uh, partly my choice. Um, I actually said that I didn't really want to change a great deal. Um, the reason me and Joanna are working together is we... We didn't realise this until uh, Prague at the Brewster Guild of Europe's event, the BGE event. We did the Tampa Tantrum there and Joanna was one of the speakers. And I'd heard a lot about Joanna and she's a very confident, uh, very smart, intelligent lady. Um, and I was expecting to disagree with every single thing she said because I didn't really know a lot about their philosophy and style uh, and things like that. And she started to speak. And we actually have exactly the same philosophies on roasting. So we we don't roast for brew method, which is fairly controversial um, in a lot of coffee circles. We roast for um, the coffee. Mm -hmm. So if you ask us for an espresso roast, we ain't going to give you an espresso roast because I don't know what one is. Um, the only thing I can find out from other roasters, it means it's a bit darker. Um, so I, 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 I'm not doing that. So we do a, a roast that is an omni roast as it started to be labeled a little bit and um but we also have very similar tastes in coffee so uh, the actual coffees that we like the reason i don't want anything to do with the green boy for drop is i think that joanna is doing an amazing job already um and i love the coffees that we have at drop um and if i started to meddle with it i think it would become a little bit blurred i love them for what they are i i, I enjoy them a lot and I don't really want to be changing. So um, I, I've i only really had experience of Drops Coffee in, in Sweden. I've, I, I know of uh, Per Nordby and I, I like his coffees. Um, and I had Johanna Nystrom and somebody else's coffees that I've tried that I've enjoyed. Um, love Coffee, uh, I, I know, I only know their coffee shops. And of course, uh, Anne Linnell, um at um, Kokian, uh, like, her coffees are great too. But like, I don't know a great deal outside of those circles. Uh, I know what Drop are doing. I'm, I'm super proud to be part of and involved with. And I don't think we're a million miles apart in our taste. I think good coffee is good coffee wherever you go. Uh, and well-roasted coffee is well-roasted coffee wherever you go. Yeah, perfect. Uh, you know, when it comes to roasting, to, um, to brew method, I, I totally get you. But we don't do it that way in, in Green Plantation. Uh, it's not my choice. Uh, it's Peter's choice. Peter is my partner in Slovakia. And, you know, 
as you said, you don't want to influence drop. I also like respect his uh, vision. For us, the espresso rose means just slightly extended rose profile, rose development time. Most you know, rose slightly extended rose development time. The color is almost the same, but I just received tons of samples, and uh, I was evaluating them, and I hardly saw any uh, big difference. Actually, what I noticed that his espresso was very good in on the uh, brew methods, like you know, alternative brew methods like Hario. The sweetness was much more present. So I'm going to back to the uh, drawing board and actually going to suggest him to drop the espresso stuff because and roast everything to his what he calls an espresso roast because it, it they just much better on everything. So I'm very glad that you said that. I can, I'm going to uh, again frame this part and just send it to him. Like, <laughs> see, see, I told you. And also, and we I are think, firing. I think it's so true, though. I think the thing is, is like the barista has so many tools in their toolbox um, that they can change. That why should the roaster compromise the coffee when the barista has the opportunity to increase dose, decrease dose, increase tamp, change grind? They can do so many things to make that coffee taste how they want it to taste without compromising the coffee. Uh, for what it is um you know there for me there's a sweet spot like there's a sweet spot that you can hit with a coffee um when you're roasting and that's on the cupping table in the uh, uh filter brew method and in the espresso machine but i have to approach it differently every time i have to have a different recipe for each of those methods to find but the coffee if you find the sweet spot on the cupping table you tend to confine it in the other ones um so yeah, it's it's a really difficult one to get across, but um, I I'm just so against uh, having these two different different types because one of the coffees has to be compromised. Nicely said, perfect, good. Um, yeah, I have now a reasoning. Like, look, if uh, Stephen said that, it must be true. I mean, he, he's a big <laughs> admirer of yours, so that would be great. Oh well, I'm like. I'd love to have a debate with him about it. So you can give him my Skype number and we can have a we can have a longer debate about it if you'd like. Because I, I, I always enjoy talking about it. So what do you do and why do you do it? And uh, I've yet to be convinced that changing the roast style is good for the brew method. But we'll see. Yeah. But, but Joanna was the first person I found who, who was like seen as a serious, credible roaster um, that actually bought into what I was saying. And, and now I'm starting to find more and more people are kind of coming along to this kind of thinking. Uh, Matt Perger started a conversation on Twitter a few weeks ago about it and he wants to do some kind of debate and he wants me to speak as the the pro Omni roaster so uh, hopefully something might come out of that. Mm. You're also firing up our new, well not new, but uh, refurbished uh, Probat UG22 so it's a good reason to kind of start something new. Yeah, For sure. That's a good time, good very time. good time, because yeah. he's got to have to learn all of the profiles again. Exactly. So may as well, may as well learn them just once instead of twice. Exactly, you're right. <laughs> okay, next question is from this uh, guy who is probably some kind of home barista uh, struggling with his uh, little an espresso maker. His name is William Davies, and he's asking, is Steve is going to do capsules? Oh, I've heard about this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, uh, I, I think he's got a good future ahead of him. Um, <laughs> he he is um, hiding somewhere in Czech Republic. I heard. I've heard that too. Um, I I know he's going to be listening, so I can just say, Gwilym, love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, I I remember when he won uh, the WBC in two thousand and nine. I was lucky enough to be backstage, uh, and because I was with Colin, and he came backstage and he came up to me, and says, Steve, 
they've asked me to go to origin who's going to move my boat <laughs> it's just like it stayed with me forever that was like they so chose the wrong champion but so chose the right champion at the same time because he's such a smart guy and such a good barista like it, it was just so refreshing to see somebody um just somebody like I, I don't mean this disparaging Gwilym, but we're a similar age and like there's a lot of young kids in coffee and it's kind of nice to have a grown-up that i can talk to when i'm at a coffee event um, <laughs> now Gwilym's great at uh, the capsules uh, no, never, not, not a chance, no ninny nay, uh, not going to touch them with a dirty barge pole. Um, I have no interest in capsules. I find that capsules, I think capsules in coffee uh, are exactly the same as, do you have pot noodles? If I say pot noodle, does that have any? No. Okay. So like these instant noodle plastic things. Oh, I got, buy them. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it has as much to do with coffee as those have to do with culinary food. Like they are opposite ends of the market. Um, they are bad for the environment. Um, Germany just recently have banned them. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. Because of the 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 way the waste that's involved, and I'm not going to say I'm a tree hugger because I'm not, but I am concerned about our planet, and I am concerned that the way that we waste the resources that we have here and. Like, I don't think this is a positive way to go with coffee. Like, coffee is not that difficult to make. Like, you have a grinder, you can have a cafetiere for a, a small investment, you can make delicious coffee. Why do you have to have a capsule to make it harder? And if you want espresso, go to an espresso shop, exactly. go to a coffee shop, and have a professional barista with tens of thousands of dollars machines make it for you. Don't try and do that stuff at home. Like, it's just not for home. Like, unless you are a real geek and want to invest in the equipment. And enjoy a cafetiere and, and a grinder and a kettle. So, yeah, no, I'm never going to do capsules. I think they're a terrible thing. I think they have nothing to do with the specialty industry. Yeah, I, I have the same feeling about the capsules. But what I notice nowadays, and because, you know, working with some people in a coffee industry who do a lot of research, uh, there's tons of you know money put in you know researching ways how to do the capsules you know that they will imitate the uh the espresso environment uh, espresso quality which obviously is uh good luck with that but i'm just saying that there's a lot of money in it and not a lot of money invested in the research that's what i meant there's a lot of money invested in stopping trying to make people get old as well <laughs> like and the thing is you can't stop the aging process and that's what these guys who are investing money in capsules will find. Um, you know, you like you can't stop something getting old. Like, and the problem when you grind something, you speed up the aging process. Yep. You know, and the problem is, is when you are having something that's sat on a shelf. You know, like it just doesn't work. Like until we start treating coffee like a fresh food, like it doesn't work. I'm really curious about the American companies, uh, the, you know, the specialty grade third wave, whatever name you uh, give to this category, that when they start to push the capsules, because I have a feeling that some of them are already working on it. Because- For sure, guaranteed. And, and it comes back to what we talked about earlier, is like, is it fun? Or is it a way to make money? And for me, it's a way to enter a market that you'll make more money. But I don't think it's fun. And I don't think it's about the coffee and I don't think it's about how it tastes. I think it's about the making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. As long as they're honest about that, I have no problem. Like, fair play. Like, go make some money. You know? But, you know, now just 
to uh, kind of like uh, play a devil's advocate here. I remember uh, Stumptown's statement about when they started that, you know, uh, they would never get, get out of Portland, you know, and uh, the very strong statements. And now they are owned by the same company which owns Pete's Coffee, a German con- conglomerate, right? And intelligentsia. <laughs> intelligentsia too. But I was not following intelligentsia that closely, you know. And intelligentsia, you know, find, now you find intelligentsia special kind of uh, line in uh, Target, which is uh, something like Walmart. What do we have? Tesco of, yeah. uh, of yeah, yeah. Europe, right? So, uh, you know, we, if you are doing this for business, like, I mean, you as a listener, you doing this for business, think twice about your statements because they will hunt you down. Oh, listen, I, I, I'll clearly put on uh, on record now that if somebody offers me enough money, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think this all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, you want a green plantation? Just come and you know, buy it up. Yeah, no, like, listen, like, if somebody wants to make me a multimillionaire, and listen, you know, you look at Dwayne Torrenson and look at Doug Zell, like two people who I've been lucky enough to spend a lot of time with. Um, well done. Well done, you two, for making a huge company that somebody wanted to give you millions and millions of dollars for. I tip my hat and say, well done. And I hope that they're, they're happy with it. Like, they, they obviously chose to sell. I hope that they're really happy um, and they go on and do other things that they want to achieve. Because, listen, we're all, we all love coffee. We're all involved in coffee. But there is a life outside of it, apparently. Exactly. Other people have told me about it. And, and I really hope that they go out and have an amazing time with all of their money, and I'm incredibly jealous. And if they want to come and buy me up for millions and millions of dollars, I'm for sale. No, me, me too, <laughs> me too. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, how yeah. careful you have to be about statements. So I know that for Green Plantation, I would never, ever do capsules, never, because yeah, no, that's, that that's out too. of, you know, a question. That's not what we do. Well, in the current format, you know, in the way that they are now, like, which is basically, it's coffee going old very quickly. It's it, my, my rule of always having fun is there. You know, I wouldn't have fun serving coffee that had been ground for weeks, sat in a capsule somewhere. Like, it just wouldn't be fun. Yeah, but I'm saying you that, you know, I'm telling you that soon we're going to have very fancy brands yep. offering United States capsules because and- that's how they can grow. They realize that, you know, they reach certain potential and now let's, what's the next thing we can do? I, I've heard... Uh, elements of people doing it here in the UK too and very prominent and uh, well-educated and very well-respected people. And and if they, listen, we, you know, when we make these statements on everything, if they can prove to me I'm wrong, I'm always ready to say I'm wrong. Like I've been wrong in the past, rarely, but I've been wrong. Mm. Um, so if somebody can prove to me that it's good, but like, I don't think it is. I think it's about making money and that's fine. Like, just be honest. Yeah. Okay, so Gwilym, uh, we think that you should uh, get rid of your Nespresso maker because, you know, if Germany forbids the capsules, probably soon the rest of the EU, EU will follow and uh, go to cafes and enjoy cafes rather than, you know... Making... I'm sure Simonelli would send him an espresso machine if he asked them nicely. I think they quite like him. <laughs> or you should ask your wife, who is a yes. famous barista in Czech Republic. Exactly. Of course, Petra is far better barista than you, Gwilym. Sorry. <laughs> This was awesome. I like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I like being mean to Gwilym. It's good. Oh, I, I love that guy. He's like, he was on a podcast. He's just the sweetest person on the world. He, and you know what? Like, he's that, like that 24 hours a day. It's sickening. I hate those people who are nice all the time. I wish he was pretending. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. He's, he's, he's a real gentleman and uh, one of our finest barista champions we've ever had. He really is. 
Good. I knew him when he worked on a flower stall. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> the next guy is Jaroslav Slamečka. And he, I know he's from Czech Republic because he's a big fan of yours. Ooh, and uh, he's a fan of mine because finally somebody local, you know, sent us a question. The local, cool. my previous local. Man, I'm confused about this geography. <laughs> so he started his own um, video cast. And uh, he mentioned you and me as the inspiration, which is great. It is awesome. Thank you. And also other people, but... Oh, oh well, that's not so cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so his question is, how, how his social media, meaning you, so how his social media marketing uh, directed to YouTube helped to his business, and if there is still a space for him to make some new format, then uh, in... Uh, in my mug or temper tantrum. I think we covered that a little bit in the mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 so we talked about the podcast about doing what fits you and doing what's there. I mean, is there space for other things? I'm sure there is. I mean, SCIA had just started an event called Bloom, uh, which is looks a lot like temper tantrum. Uh, WCE have started an event called Reverb, which looks identical to temper tantrum. So th- there obviously is space because other people are doing other events. Um, and I think as long as you've got a unique take on it, then there's really a good chance for, for traction. You know, um, as I said earlier, I've seen other people doing very similar things to me in my mug, and I think that's cool. It's great. Like, but I think trying to come up with something that has is similar but with a unique edge to it, I think is is even even better. Um, so that yeah, that would be my that would be my advice is kind of keep it. Try and keep it something interesting and new. Try and find it an angle that nobody else has covered. And a good way for inspiration for that is look what other industries are doing. You know, look what other people are doing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Yaroslav, you have to uh, be yourself, first of all. And I think you should imagine this as talking to your friends, but suddenly you don't have only three friends in your room, but suddenly you might have hundreds of friends who are watching you. And they will comment on your stuff and you will know what they are interested in but the you is what they're going to be interested in too so and to be honest i think if you actually do look at it like that that they are friends because they are friends mm-hmm. like it, it, you, you like all of my in my like all of my customers all of the people that interact with me within within the coffee part like i truly mean this i feel like they really are friends like, and i sometimes have to kind of remember that I, actually i don't know them they don't know me because sometimes i get a little bit too like jokey or overconfident with them, but like they are friends. It's good. It's good that you kind of you, you look at your audience in that way. And definitely in my mug, I I always try and imagine a friend at the end of the camera, you know, and and that's what I want to try and get across. Yeah, I that it's good advice. Yeah, that's that's the perfect way to do it uh, because we are not, at least me, I'm not an actor. I'm not a star. You know, I don't know how to do it otherwise than just being me. So as yeah. you said yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. The funny story is about. Uh, thinking of these guys as friends is that I invited, I was emailing with my, you know, uh, next guest for the podcast. And I wrote to her this extremely kind of like unprofessional kind of jokey email. And I didn't get answer. I was like, oh my gosh, did I screw this up? (laughs) You know, it's like, and she said, oh, actually, I loved it. You know, no worries. I just too busy. I said, okay, great. (laughs) Because, you know, as you said, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to this person exactly as I would talk to a guy who is in front of me and we're having coffee together and having fun, right? It's great, though, because it can happen the other way. I remember standing in Euston train station in London 
and this guy come running across the concourse to me and hugging me, going, Steve! I was like, hello, do I know you? And he went, oh, you don't, do you? Yeah, no, I, I watch you in my mug every week and I've commented a few times. You were really nice to me back. And it's like, and the fact that like he felt comfortable enough that we were friends meant that I was doing a good job. So yeah, I like that. I, 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 it's still one of the moments that stays with me and one of, one of my one of my happier moments. So I was like, I must be doing it right because I want the, these people to like me and he does. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's always fun, by the way, when they uh, notice you and they tell you comments. So please feel <sighs> free to comment on our podcasts and videos. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what, and, and those moments where you actually meet people. So like, you know, walking around like an SCAA or an SCAE and people say, can I have a selfie? I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen how ugly I am? I'm ginger and like, yeah, I'm very old. Like, you really want a selfie with this? Sure. And it, yeah, it, it, when I did the Tampa Tantrum Tour of Asia um, in Taipei, um, I had about 200 people mob me for my autograph and selfies and literally had to be dragged away for my own safety. And at that moment, I just thought, this is crazy. Like, I make coffee go brown and all these people want to have their photo with me. But you are celebrity, man. I'm telling you, no, you were no, very, see, you were very humble about this. But you are. Everybody knows you. But you see, on that same tour, James Hoffman was on it. When he came off, there were more like two thousand around him. So, like, I and I definitely know my place. I, 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 the people may know who I am, but I'm only the warm up act for the big boys. Like that's why I'm such a good MC. Is that I'm just the warm up act for the really cool kids. So. <laughs> I disagree, but okay, it's good to be humble though. All right, so I have the last question, which you didn't see because it was actually asked this morning by my partner in Slovakia, Peter. Okay. Hey, Peter. (laughs) So he's asking, do you remember me from Prague Coffee Fest? And did you try the coffee I gave you? (gasps) Oi, which one? Because I've been twice to Prague, but I'm guessing it's the most recent. There was a coffee fest, I think. Ah, yes. The one that was uh, this summer just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a couple of people give me coffee. Now, I had one person give me a green sample and I had one person give me a roasted sample. I did try them both. Um, and I, I'm fairly sure I actually emailed back and gave feedback. But I always try to do that. If somebody goes to the effort of giving me coffee... I always try very hard to give some honest and fair feedback. I'm, I'm never going to be horrible and I'm never going to be like, you know, this is amazing, but honest, constructive feedback. But I can't remember because that might be bad. Yeah, he, he gave you probably roasted because we don't give out green samples. And uh, he, okay. he was a okay, very, so, he's a very big, big guy, you know. So. Okay, so then if it was roasted... Um, I definitely well I, I tried them both I had roasted and green but I, I, I honestly can't remember the coffees now because I've had lots of coffees since but if somebody ever gives me anything I always try it so like, I, I love I like if I when I come back from these trips I, I came back from Guatemala the trip a couple of weeks ago like, and I brought back a load of coffee from Raul's and like the staff just like it was like a vultures coming in and just snatched them away from me and then they were gone. Um, so, yeah, we, we love trying other people's coffee at the roaster. And I definitely did. And if I didn't give feedback, I'm really, really sorry because I normally try to do that. Sorry, Peter. I'm sure he will forgive you. Oh, please. And, and, if, and, and actually, Peter, if you, if you email me, 
um, why don't we get a swap where I'll send you a heap of our coffee, you send us a heap of your coffee, and then I can give you some real feedback. Oh, let's do that after we fire up the probat. Yes, yeah, please. Yeah. I, I would love to. Like, I, we we all love other people's coffee at the roastery. I think we, we all get sick of our own after a while, and it's nice to see other people's stuff. So let's do that. That sounds great. You will have fun with our new packaging. Um, Fantastic. It's a very happy and colorful. And uh, we hired, a long time ago, we hired a sprayer, what do you call them, graffiti artist, oh, wow. to uh, do some designs for us, for the cars, because we have, you know, we are a small company. We use used cars, what Telecom and all these, you know, fancy companies, Tosevate. So we grab them and we try to make them a little bit more interesting with some, you know, colorful stuff. So the, the sprayer did for us some design for these. Um, he couldn't spray on the car because that's, not very legal in Slovakia, you know, you have to have sufficient, whatever. So he made us these kind of like a foils, you know what I mean, for the cars? Yeah, 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 yeah. so like the, like the wrap. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. he designed some for us and it, you know, we used some of those elements on this packaging, so it's pretty cool. Oh, amazing, well, I can't wait to see them. And yes, Peter, we should definitely do a swap and I will be a better person in the future. <laughs> I'm jealous, man, I'm, I'm jealous, anyhow. Oh, listen, we'll send you some too. Ah, oh, man, so you have these friends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, do you know we started in my mug in, in the US uh, where we actually started charging dollars um, so we have a recurring payment on PayPal and you can pay in dollars and it's all very very clear and transparent and, and on the back of that one uh, there's no postage ch charge either because we realised the postage charge wasn't so much different and we picked up quite a few uh, customers in the US because of this um, and, and like we found out if you send 250 grams it's really easy to send to the US. If you send over a kilo, oh, it gets stuck in customs and all sorts. But under 250 gram, like a normal 250 gram bag, it flies through. We can get them there in like four days. So um, we'll have to exchange email addresses at the end and I'll, I'll send you some. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for answering these questions. Our listeners will be really happy. And thank you for spending so much time with me. Uh, this was truly awesome. Listen, absolutely my pleasure. Thank you very, very much. It's, uh, it's been fun. I, uh, yeah, I hope we get to talk again, but maybe not record it. So. Yeah, definitely. If you are in United, or maybe we should record it next time for our own pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to ourselves all the time. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you had a blast. I did, as you can hear. I have blast all the time. I'm always repeating myself at the end of these episodes because I do have a blast. All right. If you want to ask a question from one of our upcoming guests. Join our coffees.me Facebook group because soon I will announce the next guest and you can ask him or her a question. And as I promised Devorah, it will be her. So yay! Have only good coffee and enjoy. Bye. <laughs>